This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. And welcome. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm part of the Parenting for Faith team and I will be your host today. This is episode 11 of season two, the very last episode, and we are doing an Easter special all about sin and forgiveness. Now, I feel like in saying that, that's kind of implying that we only talk about sin and forgiveness at Easter. It's not true. It's not just for Easter. It's all year round. Um, But it is a time when lots of those questions and things come up where we're thinking about how to explain what happened when Jesus died on the cross and what it means for us now. So we thought we'd pull out lots of stuff about that for you today. Now, there's two things that didn't quite make it into the podcast because I ran out of space, but that I think are super useful. So I'll pop links in the show notes. um, But one is about, it's called Sandpits and Sin, and is um, a way of explaining sin to children. That the first time I heard it, uh, it's a Rachel Turner Um, concept. And um, the first time I heard it, it really changed the way that I viewed sin. I just found it so helpful. So there's a link to that. Um, And we also did a whole set of Facebook Lives, age-specific Facebook Lives on explaining sin, shame and guilt. So those go into much more depth. So if this kind of um, whets your appetite and you want to know a little bit more, uh, click on that link in the show notes and find out more. So what is coming up in today's episode? Well, we're going to start off with Rachel Turner, our founder, talking about the power of the apology, why we say sorry, and uh, yeah, what's good about that. She's then going to chat to some friends of hers from her church, Mark Hewitt and Adam Price, all about how to handle forgiveness. How do we explain it to our children and their kind of lived experiences, their dads with children uh, across a whole age range um, and just what that looks like. And then two other questions that quite commonly come up. One, how do we explain grace to children? And secondly, how do we tackle the whole subject of salvation, leading children to Christ, praying a prayer, if that's a thing, and at what age? All of those kind of questions. So we're going to dig deep there. And as usual, we will have a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. If you find these podcasts helpful, do please take a moment to rate, review and subscribe or send to a friend makes a massive difference to people knowing we exist and getting the word out there. And we'd also love you to send in your questions. In just two weeks, on the 19th of April, we are kicking off season three. We have got some really interesting guests. We're going much more in-depth for our next season. We're having longer interviews um, to allow us to dig a little bit deeper. But we wanted to keep the question and answer section because we love responding to what you are asking us and what you have to say. So if you have any questions, send them in via social media on the contact us page on our website or by emailing parentingforfaith at brf.org.uk. Without further ado, let's hear from Rachel on the power of the apology. In the swirl of life, we discover often that we are not the parent that we wanted to be. That it just happens. All of a sudden we lose it and yell at our kids or we're unfair (laughs) because we just can't be bothered to get up out of the chair. That happens to me a lot. Uh, I just can't. I just don't want to stand up right now. And so I'll say no. We just sometimes, it just happens. We are in the midst of real life. We're tired. We're busy. And we make decisions that we wish we didn't. 
And so the question becomes, what do we do then? What do we do? We feel guilty that we messed up and we feel sort of stuck in terms of how to rebuild that connection with our kids and to move on. And I just want to say there is such significance in an apology. Not not just because we need to say sorry and move on, but because we have an opportunity when we mess up to teach our kids about what it looks like to fix it, to fix our relationships, to seek God and, and change who we are. So if you find yourself accidentally yelling at your kids or being unfair or doing something that you think, nope, that was a bad call, you can either sit and beat yourself up about it or you can go to your kid and say, you know what? I let selfishness be in charge of my heart right now. And I would rather sit down than get up. And that's why I made that decision. And that was wrong of me. I should never let selfishness take over. And so I'm sorry. And I talked to God about it. And he sort of pointed out those things in my heart. And I just want to come to you and say, I'm sorry that I did that. Will you forgive me? How can I build our connection with each other? When we frame it for our kids, the messing up is a part of life It's not a question of perfection. It's not a question of them always doing things right, and if they don't, well, then fail. That's life. Life is trying and messing up and apologizing and wanting to be better and different and constantly wanting to be transformed into more and more like Jesus. And we can tell our kids that. We can tell our kids about how when Jesus was being beaten right before the cross, even even in the midst of that, Jesus managed to keep his heart right, and I didn't this time, and I'm sorry. And I'm going to work on that because I want my heart to reflect God and I want our relationship to be the way God has designed it, which is full of love and right discipline and strength. So if you mess up, apologize and move on. It's expected. You're not perfect. And neither am I. Uh, this is Adam, and this is Mark. Say hi, hi to everybody. Hi there. Hi. And uh, and they are some. We talk about uh, grace. And we do a podcast for our church and beyond, and it's fantastic. But I really value their wisdom and insight, and so I thought we'd uh, come on in and talk about forgiveness because that's the topic we're talking about in the other podcast. And actually, I think they have some really interesting things. We have a range of children represented by these two men. Adam, what is the age of your youngest? Five, almost six. And Mark, what is the age of your oldest? 36. So this is a wealth of, of dadding experience in here. And so I just wanted to ask you about forgiveness and how we teach our kids about forgiveness, not about, you know, about how we forgive them or anything, but actually how we teach them what forgiveness is. So I have th- three or four questions I'd like you to give you to just right out of your head what are those answers so how have you forgiven no how have you explained forgiveness to your kids i think um i haven't done that structurally okay interesting so um i can immediately imagine remember an experience with my second daughter amy where she came to me and said daddy i'm sorry but you are wrong she would have been 10 or 11 And I had a choice at that moment. And the reality is she was absolutely right. And I had been very wrong. And so I apologized to her and asked her to forgive me. 
Uh, and so that would be, I think, how I raised my children was in the dynamic of things. I don't think we were forensic mm. like that. But you have to live forgiveness mm. because you create the culture of that. Um, and like many parents, we, we did that. Forgive him. Forgive her. Uh, and well, I'm sorry I forgive and, and almost praising that which of course is so far removed from the reality of forgiveness so I think when they experience particularly a parent saying no I am wrong please forgive me they're learning mm -hmm. ab about the forgiveness and, and actually as much as we would hug them after discipline actually we could then hug and our relationship was restored mm, that's interesting that's great i love that that a method of teaching is not just the instruction but it's it's that actually putting yourself in a place of receiving that that teaches them what forgiveness is it's great adam yeah, I think grabbing hold of those real life opportunities is probably how we've gone for it too. So those moments where the kids have fallen out with each other and you sort it out and then a minute later they're fighting at the extreme based on what they had fallen out of before as well. And you're like, no, no, we've we've said sorries, we've expressed this. You can't pull that all back up again and hit your sister extra hard because you're still cross about that first thing. Forgiveness means we, we're moving on. I think grabbing hold of those real life opportunities it's probably the main way we have brought forgiveness into understanding for our kids. Mm. Often we teach forgiveness in relationship with um, sort of each other, you know, the, the sibling thing or, or with us. But sometimes we ourselves are going on a forgiveness process with external people, people at work, people, things. And, and we often in Parenting for Faith talk about creating windows into your authentic journey with God. Do you have any examples or stories of times where you as a dad have felt like it was important to create a window into your process of forgiveness so that they could see into what it looks like for someone to, to go on that journey or to struggle with that journey or to still be in the middle of it? Yeah, I think when when you know that your behavior has been off around your kids and kids inevitably pick up on that don't they i've definitely made use of those few minutes at bedtime where you're, you're talking through the day to explain to them you know i'm sorry i was so snappy today or sorry i was distracted today this thing has been going on and this is what i'm doing to process it and you bore the brunt of that i'm really sorry i'm so, you know, expressing forgiveness there, but also explaining to them that internal process that I'm having to do some work because of some other external situation. Um, I think that's probably the main way I comes to mind in the moment of, of how that works out for us. I think it's quite, quite hard, actually, because, you know, I'm thinking of some of the things that I had to work through where to explain it to them would have uncovered someone else. Mm. And so you, you, are, uh, you are conscious of that. Um, I'm trying to think if uh, there was those times, and there probably was, where we would say, look, mum and dad are just having a, a bit of a discussion uh, about what went on earlier. Um, and so I, I trust that my kids learnt um, how then to have a conversation so I, I remember with my two younger boys um, they were very unhappy and I've got to be careful what I say now because this is going out isn't it they were unhappy with a certain male individual and um, 
both of them, I yearned to get them to meet with that person and to have a conversation about. Uh, and I remember with both of them, their, their utter frustration that I was asking them to do that, but trying to teach them this is an essential lesson in terms of the process of forgiveness, that sometimes we have to go to someone and say, do you know that when you did that, or when you said that, it made me feel, it caused me to, uh, because we live in blind ignorance of ourselves, and this was the situation. and it was it was very tough for them and of course they were of a certain age they would have been in their mid-teens at the time Uh, and I'm not sure they ever had those conversations and with one of my sons um, it's affected how he's run his business and so I've had to teach him now how to do confrontation which he has done and his business has altered but it, it's those lessons it's how how you walk that uh, towards what would have been a forgiveness but there has to be that confrontation as well so yes I, I think in the live moments rather than sitting down and saying this is the theology of it mm. how do we get our kids to grasp grace oh good question No matter how much we teach about being saved through Jesus, our six-year-old still seems focused on earning God's approval and fixing his sin so he can go to heaven. Right. Excellent question. Uh, One thing that I find really helpful to uh, think through is that around seven to eight years old, kids' brains developmentally change. Um, Under seven, everything is really concrete. They understand... Uh, things in a very black and white, right and wrong, uh, very structured way. So their brains can get things that are concrete, but they struggle with metaphors. They struggle with things are like this. They struggle with abstract thought. And somewhere around seven to eight, their brain shifts and they begin to get symbols and all sorts of other things. They begin to understand that one thing one thing can mean another thing and they begin to understand abstract thought. And so for your six-year-old, their brain is still in, this is the process of doing things. And so they understand they have sin, they need to get rid of sin, and therefore they need to get into heaven. And we're not saying you are sinful, but you can ignore all of that uh, because Jesus died on the cross and he let you into heaven, so do what you like. And so we're trying to communicate a really interesting middle ground, which is, yes, we sin. Yes, we need to get clean. Yes, we need to say sorry. Yes, we need to repent and change. But also, God has given us grace, so it's not all on us. And that is a complex thought that some six-year-olds are still grasping. And so it's okay for them to be in the middle. One is just trust the development that as you are shaping it for them and as you're communicating, they will always go deeper and deeper and deeper the older they get because you're modeling the same thing. So it's it's okay for them to not have a complete thing. Grace um, is a complex concept because you're basically saying yes and. And so one of the things that I would suggest is find a way in your normal everyday life where you can give them an experience of grace. 
So whether it's them messing up, and normally when they mess up, they have to sit on their bed for seven minutes, or whenever they, you know, when they do something that requires them sitting on a chair or giving up a toy or whatever your normal consequence is, um, to take that moment and say, you know what, you messed up this time. And, and what normally happens is this, this is the consequence of your actions. But in this circumstance, I'm going to show you grace. You deserve to have this consequence. And yet, instead, I am going to give up my iPad time instead of you having to give up your iPad time because it still needs to be paid, but I'm going to do it for you because that's grace. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it instead of you so that we can still stay connected. Or anything that you can think of a really good time that is just going to be perfect for their little brain and give them an example of it or begin to create windows into how grace works for you. I try and try and try and I want to be good and I want to please God and I know I fail and I am so glad that just because I fail doesn't mean that I'm going to be separated from God from ever because it's like Jesus makes up the difference. I am so grateful. Or when you're paying, pay with cash and have your partner or your friends, you say, oh, I only have five pound 15 and I need five pound 40. I can't, there's no difference. I, I can't make it up. I can't have that thing. I don't have enough and have someone come in and pay the, the rest of it. And you can be like, oh, that's such grace. I could not on my own have done that, but you gave me grace and you enabled me to have what my heart's desire was. Thank you so much. However you choose to do it, give them an experience of grace and that may begin to help, but also don't worry about it um, because uh, their brain will develop into it. Okay, so this is a question uh, <laughs> that almost every parent has but doesn't ask, and so I'm going to answer it for you. Uh, the question is... Uh, what do I do about salvation with my kid? And uh, do we, how do I lead my kid to Christ? Do I need to do, help them pray the prayer? Um, how old is that a thing? Uh, how old are they actually accountable before God for their decisions? And, and they're all, it, it's a big question. And particularly around Easter, it comes up because it's when we're all thinking about it. Um, and many experts in children's spirituality who are much wiser and smarter than me have written many books and theological treatises, treaties I? Treaties? Treaties. On it. And uh, they have a range of views. So uh, rather than give you an overview of all the theological thinkings out there, uh, I thought I'd give you my view on it. Uh, but also I want to say that it's okay to have your view on it too. To, um, parenting for Faith is all about walking along your kids in their journey. And you, just as you are with your faith journey, are perfectly equipped to help them take the next step in their Christian journey. So please don't feel that there is a absolute right way, this one hoop for them to perfectly jump through and you need to be trained in how to do that. You are on your journey of of walking with God and you can help them find that yourself just as you are. And so I'm going to give you my view on this, but feel free to disagree. Feel free to change, adapt, think differently. Um, for me, uh, and having worked with kids for you know, 15 years, uh, my thinking on this is this. Do you, as an adult, have one big becoming a Christian moment? 
Um, some of us do and some of us don't. Um, my journey is this. I was a four-year-old. Well, I was born into a Christian family and uh, and remember traditions of faith. Well, I barely remember traditions of faith when I was a baby, but I'm, I have talked to my parents and I know we did praying and I remember them singing worship songs at night. And I, I have all these memories of sort of being in a Christian environment. But I remember being four years old and uh, in Sunday school and looking at a felt Jesus on a felt board uh, being put on a cross and taken up. And I remember all of a sudden that the gospel making sense to me in some way. I've, I have a tangible memory. I remember the skirt of the lady who was teaching. I remember the feel of the chair that I was sitting on. And I remember um, getting that Jesus died on the cross for me and I was free from sin and punishment because of that. And I just remember saying, thank you, God. And I am so glad you did that for me, God. I want to give you my life. And I remember saying in my little voice, I want to give you my life in my head and um, and feeling different. That was my four-year-old. But that I wouldn't say that that was my becoming a Christian. Well, I guess I, because my becoming a Christian moment, I feel like is my whole life. That was one moment where I feel like I understood the cross, but I don't think it was really till I was seven that I began to get like the whole eternity thing because I have a very strong memory of being seven and uh, being freaked out that I was going to die at night. And so therefore I would, <laughs> at this point, I had heard somebody praying the prayer. And so I remember praying the prayer every night because someone at school did the, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I remember thinking, people can die in their sleep. So then every night I was like, oh, God, clear me of my sin, please. I want to be a Christian forever because I don't want to die and go to hell. And I just remember that being a thing when I was seven. Uh, but that was when I was sort of grasping eternity. I remember being nine. And uh, I think my mom's told this story already of when I really met God powerfully and felt uh, the the. the the sort of touch of God, um, the, the sort of feeling the Holy Spirit and really call me into relationship that really I want to chat and catch with him and talk back and forth with him. And um, and I remember beginning to worship in my bed and, and praying and singing to him you know, on my own. Like I was really beginning to pursue a relationship with him when I was nine. I remember being 11 and uh, really wanting to be wise. My mom's really wise. And I remember wanting to be wise. And so that was when I began to really want to be useful to people. And so I began to like pray every day that God would make me wise. And um, I actually, I remember sinning and wanting to run to him and be like, oh, I'm so ashamed, God. And that real understanding of being a sinful person who makes mistakes and wanting to fix it. I remember being uh, 11 and, and that being really key for me. Um, but 14, at 14 was when I really got how to catch God's voice and, and like in a consistent way where I could have conversations with him. I feel like before that I would catch his communications randomly and, and sort of, it was in a gentle way, but 14 was when I really had proper conversations with him. And 15, I really got his deep passion for others. And, uh, you know, I was doing theater at the time and just, just looking at all these people who, who didn't know God and thinking, Oh, he loves them so much. And, I want to tell them about how much he loves them and, and getting that part. And last week I was um, learning about how um, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word and what that means for God. I'm still learning the gospel. Um, my whole life is a series of 
becoming a Christian, I guess, over and over and over and over again. Did I understand the fullness completely of the gospel when I was four? No. Do I now understand the fullness of the gospel? No, I don't think I do. I think I will be on a constant journey of understanding who he is and responding to the gospel over and over and over and over and over again until the day I see him face to face. And so I would encourage you that the disciples were on that journey. (laughs) When did they become Christians? Um, They were on that journey of discovering who Jesus was and understanding and responding to the fullness that they understood to him and growing in that understanding. And you've been on that journey and our kids are on the same journey. The more we expose them to the whole story of the gospel, the more we um, talk about uh, sin and purpose and the cross and uh, what Jesus has done for us and what he's calling us to, the more we um, allow them access to it, the more they can respond to it. And as they respond to it to the best of their ability at the moment, to me, they are stepping into that next step with God and we can help them respond to whatever part of the gospel is in front of them. So if you feel like you want to lead them through something sort of formally, um, rather than praying a prayer, you can always um, just suggest to them ways of connecting to him. You can say, you know, if you all you need to do, if you ever feel worn down or um, that you've just made a lot of mistakes and you feel your heart's feeling covered, all you need to do is tell God how you feel and what you want him to do. You can say, God, I'm so sad I made these choices. My heart feels, ugh, you know, please take all of this away and clean me up so we can be reconnected. I want you to be king of my life. And that's that's just natural connection with him. But to me, that is a response to the gospel. And there are so many different ways, so many different ways of dripping in how to respond to the gospel into our lives, whether it's in common prayer, whether it's conversations, whether it's stories about our days, you'll be able to surf the wave of how your kid's responding to the gospel now and help them take the next step. Not the only step, the next step. And this week's question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation is this. Are there ways that you like to show God or other people that you're sorry without using your words? Are there ways you like to show God or other people you're sorry without using your words? Have a fantastic conversation. Have a great Easter. Our next season will be kicking off on the 19th of April. So have a little break over the Easter holidays and can't wait to see you again then. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.